0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com, and be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com/slash.
1: Stuff.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com, and sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. And uh, I think we're going to uh, talk some cable today. Yeah, we're going to talk cable. Kind
1: of the way we talked megapixels.
0: And you know, it's funny, because all this Wi-Fi we've been talking over the past few months, that, and now we're talking cables. Yes, cables. Not so.
1: We're not we're not necessarily talking cable television or cable modems. We're talking about the actual physical cables that tether one
0: device to another. And if you're not familiar with cables, <laughs> haha, they're uh, basically long strings of copper wire that you plug one thing into another thing to uh connect them.
1: Yeah, to allow okay. electrons
0: to pass. Okay, jokes aside, jokes from aside. one to another. Um the question has been posed by many people over the centuries that we've had electronic equipment. <laughs> Yes,
1: I remember Shakespeare himself wondering about this question.
0: <laughs> you know, we're going to get an email saying, you dolts. Uh, no, seriously. Um There have been people who have asked for a long time, you know, because there are all kinds of cables you can get in the store. Some of them are really cheap. Some of them are really expensive. Some of them are short. Some of them are long. And people go, what the heck is the difference? Does it really matter what cable I get? And the answer to that is, well, sort of. No. The answer is no. No, it's not no. The answer is more or less no. Okay, more or less no, I will accept. Okay. There, but actually, there's some, there's some gray area in there. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's some gray area. Okay. So what we're talking about here are let's say that you just bought a really, really nice, uh, sound system and you want to hook your sound system up and you, you know, you don't want to just use the cables that came with it. You want, you want some nice cables. Um, You don't want to, you know, fool around because I mean, if you've spent this much on a on a sound system, you don't want something as simple as cables making it sound crappy, right? Actually, that sounds
0: a lot like what a salesperson would ask you in the store. I know. This is why I'm going this way.
1: So <laughs> then you go down to the audio uh, aisle and you look at all the different cables and you see some there that are you know, $15 and you see some that are $20. And then you look and you see some that are $120 and they're the same length as the $20 ones. And you think, huh, the $120 ones must be provide a much better sound than the $20 ones. I've spent all this money on my uh, stereo. I'm going to go ahead and get the top of the line. And you take them home and you listen and you think, I've got the best there is. Well, would you have had the same experience if you bought the 20 ones? Would it really have sounded that much different? Or would it sound different at all? Would you even be able to detect it? Perhaps the most sensitive sound detecting equipment could pick it up. But would your ear pick it up?
0: And that's the question. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I wasn't long ago that I, uh, that I edited Dave Roos' article, uh, How Do I Know Which Cables to Use? And it doesn't really talk about this, at least not mostly. But he did put a sidebar in there about an experiment that was held not too long ago that got picked up and it made headlines, well, sort of headlines, blog headlines all over the internet about these people who substituted coat hangers for monster cables,
1: let's see if they can tell the difference.
0: Actually, no, they couldn't. Yeah. Um. And let's just say this: we're not talking about a a, a double-blind study held in um a lab, and the results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. But um, the original of this appeared in an audio file um uh, message board. It's the Audio Audioholics Home Theater Forum. And basically um some serious serious listeners decided to do a test on two different kinds of cable. Basically trying to figure out because Monster has a reputation for making really good cables
1: or at least really expensive ones. Well or,
0: or at least really expensive ones and and uh if anybody's name is thrown around with are these really expensive cables worth it it's theirs. Yeah. Um so they said okay, well let's do let's do a a, a taste test if you will and they plugged in some really nice uh Monster cables. And they also put in some 14-gauge oxygen-free Belden copper wire mm-hmm. and tested mm-hmm. them. And and basically, um although this wasn't a scientific-scientific test, it was pretty scientific. They picked a band that none of them were familiar with so that nobody would have a personal bias toward that. Sure. They used the exact same length of wire and said, okay. And they hooked it up to an AB box so they could just throw a switch. And uh basically, they exposed five people. Uh, again, not a giant scientific sample, but... Two of the five could accurately identify the monster cable. Out of the two, hmm. as sounding different, and then they threw him a loop and pulled out the uh, the belden wire and swapped it for coat hanger that had been rigged into speaker wires, and uh, and ran the A B test again. And not one of them could tell the difference in monster cable or the. Uh, the coat hangers
1: not that we recommend you going out and replacing all of your wires with coat hangers no no that could could potentially cause you a little bit of a
0: shock (laughs) exactly and um not to disparage the uh the work of the audioholics who have uh who have done this study it's it's certainly um uh you know somewhat scientific um but uh the you know people have uh been really excited about this because uh, you know people like to pick on monster. Let's face
1: it. Yeah, no, they're they're an easy target because their products are very, uh, very much in the you know the limelight, and they are very expensive. Yep. Um, or for the high end ones anyway. And uh, I, I just want to really quickly go into what a double blind study is in case you're not oh, yeah, aware yeah. of what that is. Double blind is a a, a methodology. And it's one in which both the person administering the test and the person undergoing the test have no idea which of the two or more, uh, uh, scenarios they are encountering at any one time. So in other words, the person who is pushing play on the stereo, uh, doesn't know which wires are being used and the person listening doesn't know which wires are being used. Now, ideally, you're using the exact same equipment apart from the wires and you're using the exact same recording in all these cases so that you know, no you don't have any other variation there. The only variation you should get are from the wires. And the reason you do these double-blind tests is to avoid a kind of a almost like a, well, it's really a psychological effect. If you go in expecting to hear a better sound, you might be convinced that you are hearing a better sound, even if on any other day, if no one had told you that, you wouldn't have that expectation. So, I mean, someone could tell you, Oh, well, these are the high, high end speaker wires and, and be pulling your leg. And you might convince yourself, wow, those really do sound great. And then it turns out that, you know, now they're the cheap little $15 ones you can get on the aisle. Um, that's why double blind tests are important. It takes that kind of bias out. Uh, actually, James Randi, do you have, you, do you know who James Randi is? I've heard his name. James Randi, uh, is a professional magician. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a noted skeptic. And he has the $1 million challenge, which really is open to uh, various claims of um, of abilities that fall into the paranormal range. But he opened it up, the $1 million challenge, to anyone who could reliably tell the difference between uh, – I think it was a $7,500 cable and mm-hmm. – and a, uh, I think a $200 cable. So we're still talking about high end cables on both ends, but one that's incredibly expensive versus one that's just expensive. And his argument was that the human ear would be unable to detect the, the difference between these two cables, even if the two cables performed exactly the way they were supposed to perform, you know, right. according to advertisements and packaging, mm-hmm. um, as of right now, no one has uh, – they, they have not done any of these tests, I think, because the uh, company that was going to supply the $7,500 cables backed out at the last second. Can't imagine why. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't want anyone to find out that their product may or may not be distinguishable from significantly cheaper products. Think that might be it? That that could be it. Yeah, we don't know. We can't say. It may be a totally different reason.
0: Um Wilson Rothman – uh from Gizmodo has done a series of articles about monster cables and whether they're worth it um uh, <laughs> and uh, worth worth the the price and you know he actually met with some some folks at monster and they explained to uh him some of the reasons why they feel um their cables are worth it and i, I should point out that um according to one of his posts uh it talks about the the consumer blog consumerist um they got an inventory list from radio radio shack employee and there was a uh, a cable that had a markup of eighty uh, percent actually. Wow. Um and nineteen foot HDMI DVI digital cable was one hundred and seventy-nine ninety nine. Wholesale was ninety-nine forty, which is a profit of eighty dollars and fifty-four cents, which is actually, as Monster points out, a margin of forty-four percent, which is just a little higher than their normal margin, which is thirty seven to thirty-nine percent. that's according to Monster them, you know, the company itself. Huh. Um but there are a lot of things that Monster says makes a difference for them. Um, they make heavier-duty cables, which uh, in the long run will save on wear and tear. They showed um, Wilson Rothman an, an X-ray Of a monster cable and a less expensive cable. And they showed the the difference in wear and tear just at the point where the connector touches the cable. Sure. And just bending it back and forth can can damage the cable where the monster cables were more robust. Also, they're certified for things like – technologies like HDMI. And they're saying, you know, basically when you pay for us, you're getting a a higher quality – copper cable you're getting you know a more robust cable that will last longer yeah
1: the connectors um, tend to be made out of pretty expensive material as well with the idea that you know this is the part that actually you insert into whatever equipment you're going to uh, plug the cable into and therefore unplug, you know and or re-plug or unplug and and plug. Yeah, exactly and that uh, therefore it it does make a difference uh which material
0: you use yeah and uh, you know to his credit uh, you know Rothman was really sort of skeptical about the whole thing going in, but he said, you know, these things honestly do play a part in whether or not the cable, um, you know, is, is worth more to the, to the consumer. But he also advocates, uh, trying a cheaper cable to start out with. Right. Because he said, you know, for the most part, most people can't tell the difference. Um, and for shorter lengths, um It doesn't matter as much. He said what's really funny is the cables that seem to be the most overpriced are the mid-range cables mm. because you sort of get what you pay for when you buy an inexpensive cable or the monster cable. But the, the mid-range cables really aren't that much better than the the cheap ones, and you're paying a premium – for that in between right, and you're not really getting that much more for your money.
1: And when you're talking about longer cables, that's when you're getting into situations where you may have to, you know, move the cable around corners and things like that. And this is stuff that can produce wear and tear, or you may have to, if you're, if you're wiring through the walls, that may also play a factor. If you, you know, there may be a point where you have to kink the wire a little bit in order to get it around a certain point. Um, and of course the the heavier duty ones can take that better than the the cheap ones. So in that case yeah, if you're using a long cable, uh you may need to look into one of the the more expensive ones if uh, if a cheaper one just isn't giving you the the quality of picture that you really want. And uh and it is true that there are times where you'll look at a an image on a TV and you'll think, this is a high defini- definition television, why don't I have a better picture? And sometimes it is the cable. Sometimes the connectors not not quite sitting right or uh the cable itself has a, a a weak spot um if the shielding around the cable isn't very strong there could be interference from other cables uh keep in mind that you know cables that don't have any shielding are essentially emitting radio waves so yeah. if there if you have a whole bunch of these together there is chance of interference if you've ever had um for instance a uh, <clears throat> a cell phone near a cheap set of speakers and the cell phone uh updates and then you start hearing this da didi did didit sound that's because the the uh the the speakers are picking up the interference from the phone actually the speaker wires are picking it up and sending it to the speakers
0: i always thought that was the ghost of porky pig could also be that
1: so the um we miss you Mel Blank. the uh <laughs> yes. but no the shielding around the wires uh, is very important so if you have a lot of if it's going to be laying around a lot of other cables which, I mean,
0: my house, that's the case. Yeah, behind but any uh, entertainment system.
1: But yeah, if there are a lot of cables there and they have poor shielding, then you can have interference and that can affect your picture. So in that case, you may need to look at a better, better set of cables. But in general, like, uh, like CNET, CNET reviews lots of products. And, uh, one of the things they review, among many others, are home entertainment systems. And they have, the, the people at CNET have gone on record saying, you know what? There's a $200 HDMI cable that we could get and there's a $20 HDMI cable we can get. We stuck with the 21. We can't tell the difference. Uh, you know, we compared the two. Uh, we've used the $20 one for all of our tests from that point forward. And that's what we're going to stick with because for the purposes of our tests, it's exactly what we need. And you're, and you're talking about, you know, testing really high end systems. Right. So. Again, they're using, you know, an average length of cable. I think it I think 2 meters is like the longest one they use. Um and so they they say straight out like don't bother buying the really expensive ones because you're just wasting money. Um yeah, and
0: and that's uh yeah, Rothman sort of tempered his uh his message after uh having met with the Monster folks. Basically, he said we're not saying the Monster cables aren't the best. That's not what we're saying at all. We're saying you may not need, you know, to buy a really expensive cable unless you're using it for specific applications where you need an extra long cable or, you know, you're going to need heavy-duty cable to to run through the walls, you know, things like that. If you need, you know, if you don't use that for for that, then it's it's seriously unlikely that you need to spend the extra money on a monster cable because, you know, after all they did do some lab testing and the monster cables tested very very well. Um, you know, so, you know, sure, you can, you can buy that if you really want to and you'll get an excellent product, but, you know, you may not need, require. Yeah. It may be more than what
1: you need. Exactly. Yeah. Audio files and video files will often tell you they want the absolute best in order to get the best and that they can tell the difference. Uh, I can tell you as someone who has looked at a lot of these things personally, um, There was a time actually at the last Consumer Electronics Show where I was walking around, and I was walking into a booth. This was the first day of the show, and they had not yet put up the signs for which TV was which Uh for certain things, and I couldn't tell the difference. And I came back to that booth later, and then I saw which one was supposed to look better than the others, and I thought, you know – I still can't tell the difference. But if I had walked into this the first time and saw those signs, I probably would have thought to myself, hey, that that picture does look better than this other one. Yeah, yeah. But without the without that information there, there was no way for me to tell. So no, now granted, perhaps that's a fault that lies on yours truly. You know, maybe I'm incapable of seeing those differences. And that's my my burden to bear in life. But I'm just saying I couldn't tell.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that if I had been there for the uh, Audioholics testing procedures, I would not have been able to tell the difference in speaker wire versus, uh, you know, coat hangers either. Um, And and they're a lot more uh, highly developed ears than mine, certainly. And this just
1: in. Yes. The JREF challenge I was talking about earlier. Oh, right. It was $7,250 speaker cables versus $80 speaker cables. So I just wanted to get that straight before we started getting emails about it. All right. I hope people didn't pause the podcast and type out an angry email and then start it up again.
0: If it makes you feel better, I'll send you an angry email.
1: Uh, It always makes me feel better. Well, I think now's a good time to thank our sponsor, audible.com. And, uh, hey guys, if you go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash tech stuff and sign up there, your first download is free. And we have a couple of, um, suggestions for what that first download could be, if you like. Uh, Chris, what, what suggestion do you come up with?
0: Well, see, this was obvious for me. Uh-huh. I, I chose Nick Hornby's high fidelity. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. You know, I don't think there were any coat hangers in it. No. Uh, anyway, uh, it's narrated by David, um, sorry, by David Kale. Oh, okay. And uh you know it's an excellent it's an excellent book so cool uh, I, I think everybody would It's an excellent Dig suggestion. that one for their free download Yeah it's a good one
1: Okay well well mine uh mine takes a little explanation but I'll go out and say what it is first It's Love is a Mixtape Life and Love One Song at a Time and that's by Rob Sheffield who also narrates it Now this is a story uh about Rob uh, and it's, it's autobiographical. Um, he ex- he describes himself as a, a shy, skinny Irish Catholic geek from Boston. And it's kind of about his, uh, love affair with a young woman named Renee, who he describes as an Appalachian punk rock girl from Norcross, Georgia. I feel a certain kinship with both of these people, being both a geek and a punk rock fan. And, uh, it's a great story. It's very funny. It's very, very sad. Um, and he narrates it. So, that's my recommendation. Excellent. And remember, you can get that or one of 50,000 other audiobooks for free as your first download if you sign up at www.audiblepodcast.com slash techstuff. And now you know what time it is, don't you? Uh-oh. Yes, that's oh, right. No. It's listener mail. Oh. So this is from Catherine from Philly. Hey, Catherine. <clears throat> And, uh, I've expurgated your email slightly. It's, uh, I just uh, took out the, the middle part. <clears throat> hey guys, as a lifelong geek girl, I'm quite enjoying the podcast and hope you keep up the good geeky work. Well, we don't have a choice in the matter. So thanks, Catherine. Uh, but she also <laughs> says, also, in your podcast where you talked about which platform is better, a hairy topic to say the least. Oh, no you, kidding. <laughs> woohoo!
0: She's not reading the other emails. No, We're no, kidding no. On that.
1: You mentioned that if you're doing web development, it really doesn't matter which platform you use. This is true, but it's important for any web developer to be sure to test their website on both platforms. I develop sites on my PC, but I'm always sure to check them on a Mac. Thank Mac's you. Safari browser has around a 10% share of the browser usage at the moment, so let's not forget about our mac friends when we pc users build our sites keep on geeking catherine from philly who is incidentally saddened to report that tagging web pages with html does not technically count as programming
0: sorry guys It's the closest thing some of us have. Well, you know, and we, we did say coding. (laughs) We said that wasn't programming.
1: It was coding. And certainly not programming. We were, we were kind of weaseling out of that one anyway. That was a great point, Catherine. Um, and a lot of web developers do have to check on multiple, not just multiple platforms, but multiple browsers, uh, to make sure that a website looks correct in every single one. So you might have to, you know, check your website in Chrome and Safari and Opera and what's that big one? Uh, Firefox. That's it. No, of course we mean Internet Explorer.
0: Um, no, I meant Firefox. Okay, well you meant <laughs> Firefox.
1: <laughs> we do have some Firefox fans out there who are very adamant about us talking about Firefox.
0: And I mean, if you're going to get into the uh, the whole extra browsers thing, we could get into Flock and Camino and uh, anyway.
1: Right. So Omnibus. anyway, yes, you do have to take that into consideration. Eyebrows. Um, and the same thing goes for people who are developing programs. You know that they want to run on both platforms. Obviously, that that's a lot more work. Uh, you have to, you know, you often have to build from the ground up on both versions. So
0: and then you have to take into other other stuff into account, like the colors are different on Windows versus a Mac. They actually display different colors right. slightly. No, one's darker, one's lighter. It's kind of weird, actually. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for actually taking the time to take that into account because a lot of people don't. Yes, we
1: greatly appreciate that. And
0: if any of you want to write in
1: and talk to us, uh, give us any suggestions or comments or corrections, anything like that, you can do so at techstuff at com. Remember, we have blogs at blogs.howstuffworks.com slash category slash techstuff. And, of course, you can find lots of information at our home site, howstuffworks.com. And we'll talk to you again really
0: soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.